Yes, it's a very big deal that the Pelicans are in the semifinals of the NBA's in-season tournament, and I'll tell you why. Plus, was the rotation we saw against the Kings what we should expect going forward? And Chuck talks about Zion Williamson. Oh boy, it's Wednesday's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential Member of the Media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, one more day till the in-season tournament semifinals in Vegas, where the Pelicans are going to be taking on... I don't know yet. I recorded this before the Lakers-Suns game ended. We'll talk about that game, preview that game with Will Guillory of The Athletic, making his usual bi-weekly appearance, um, or every other week appearance, coming on tomorrow's episode. So I'm looking forward to having him on there. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are the number one Pelicans podcast, completely free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday and support the channel that way. Let me know in the comments down below if you're an every day or just go from like one day a week to two days a week, whatever it is. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Let's get into it. In-season tournament semifinals, the Pelicans into the final four, still waiting on one game as I record this to finish up. But this is cool. This is fun, isn't it? Are you enjoying this? I'm going to ask you, and I'm, I feel like this is a rhetorical question. You excited about the in-season tournament? Do you want the Pelicans to win the in-season tournament? If they win it, if they even make the finals of it, they play an extra game. They're going to play 83 games. That one doesn't count for the standings. Are you cool with that on a team that is a little bit injury prone at times? Keep that injury prone thing in the back of your mind as we talk about the rotation coming up in the next segment. But I think this is a really big deal. When you look at this in-season tournament, if you're an everydayer, you knew that I was all on board with this from the get-go. I thought these games would be competitive. I thought teams and players would try and win this sort of thing. I thought that just, if it, you know, if the fans don't really care, that's all right as long as the players do because you're not seeing load management on a random Monday night, on a random Tuesday night, or a random Friday night because those are the days that they've been played on. So I've loved this idea. And I wasn't sure how much it would be widespread across the NBA if others would like it, if players would truly love it. I thought they'd be motivated by the money. You know, if you get a million dollars, every Pelican so far has made at least an extra hundred grand. Like, I don't know. I'd do a lot of things for that. (laughs) Put a million out there. These guys are hyper competitive. They want to compete. So as you've seen all of these players start to take this seriously and all of them talk about wanting to win, wanting to go and do this, wanting to go to Vegas, wanting to try and beat these other teams, you know, I think this becomes like 
a trophy that matters, that has some value behind it because of that, right? If no one was caring, no one was trying to be a different thing. If you win something that no one really wants, like who cares? But if every team kind of wanted this and every team was taking this seriously and teams definitely were, look at the final day of the group stage play where teams were running up the score to get their point differential where it needed to be so that they could advance. That was cool. They very clearly wanted to win. So no one was just giving you these wins here. You had to go out and earn it. And that is something that the Pelicans successfully did. You know, going three and one in group play, they're only lost to Houston. They easily could have been four and oh, and then beating the Sacramento Kings, a team that very much was playing for a lot of pride after losing badly twice to the Pelicans on the road. And then they were at home and clearly wanted to be able to put forth a better effort for their fans. And they couldn't. It was close, but you get what I'm saying. You know, teams, this was not handed to New Orleans. So for them to go out and say, we are going to win these games, these games matter to us against teams also saying these games matter to us. I love that. I think that's a very big deal here because basically everyone at this point is trying. That's significant to me. Also, when it comes to pressure-filled moments, right? You know, you looked at this and it was very clearly being treated like a playoff game, an eight-man rotation, more or less. We'll talk about that in the next segment too because a lot of y'all had questions about that and I want to answer those and give you my thoughts. You know, It was taken seriously. They were treating it like a playoff game. You know, your preparation was likely, and I'm sure we'll learn more behind the scenes stuff from it, was like a playoff game, an elimination game. You don't do that for a regular season game. Honestly, with most regular season games, you just kind of have your game plan and you go try and execute it to the best of your ability. You're not always making like significant tweaks to rotations, offense, defensive schemes, or things like that. You go, hey, we do this well. We're going to try and go and do that well. It's almost like scripting plays for the first drive or two in the NFL. But here you could very clearly see tweaks, things that New Orleans was trying to do, add wrinkles in. That type of preparation, I think, pays dividends. Maybe you figure something out in the moment, and that can be part of your regular game plan going forward. Those dribble handoffs between Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, those kind of pick-and-pop situations, B.I. hit a couple of threes off of those. That was a new wrinkle, and they should be doing that more often, and they saw it worked in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked if you see that going forward. But they instituted a lot of that type of action to get B.I. more threes in a game where you needed him to shoot more threes, and it worked. You know, And in these pressure-filled moments, games that matter, meaningful games, we haven't had one between Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram yet. We haven't seen them play in a game that like truly matters, that has stakes to it just yet. Zion didn't play in the playoffs, you know, two years ago against the Suns. He didn't play in the uh, play-in tournament then. He didn't play in the play-in tournament this past year either. But now you've finally got a meaningful game where both Zion and B.I. were on the court and look... B.I. went off. Zion was a little weird. We'll talk more about that in the third segment as we talk about what Charles Barkley said about him. But these two showed we we can coexist. There was a lot of nice stuff between the two of those. And I'm sure Will's going to break it down a little bit better for us in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans. So become an everyday or make sure you listen to that. But yeah, this really matters. Being one of the final four teams, having a chance to play for something that people really did want, which means it does have value even if you think it's stupid. It's not stupid of the players, and that's more important than our opinion on this sort of thing. So I love where the Pelicans are, and I do think this is a very big deal. And I do think this is good experience for them. You know, a series in the postseason is like 30, 40 games, the equivalent of that in terms of experience. 
you can get a little bit of that right now in the regular season, that's a big deal to me for a team that definitely needs it. And they succeeded, and I think this is only going to help them going forward. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube or on Twitter at Nola Jake. So coming up next, rotation talk, eight-man rotation. No Jordan Hawkins, very limited Dyson Daniels. Is this what we expect going forward? I'll give you my answer coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because as the weather gets colder, the NBA offers stay hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you're feeling good about the Pelicans in the semifinals of the in-season tournament, bet them to win on the money line. They win. You win that bet and you get another 150 bucks in bonus bets. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. I love that the app is super easy to use and it can show me all the betting options that I want, like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get in on the NBA action, the in-season tournament action this season. FanDuel official sportsbook of Locked On and an official partner of the NFL. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast. Coming to y'all every single day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You want to support the channel, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports Today. It's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's there for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows. I'm going to be on Locked On NBA on Wednesday, talking about the in-season tournament. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. They actually played uh, yesterday the live episode of Locked On Pelicans on there. So cool, like, national attention for the Pelicans. So let's get into the rotation. You know, you had your starters, CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. And then you had three guys off the bench, more or less. You had Trey Murphy being the first sub in. You had Jose Alvarado and you had Najee Marshall. You had some spot minutes for Cody Zeller and for Dyson Daniels. About one stint each just to spell guys or when like Jonas got into foul trouble. But it was clear they didn't want to have to go to those guys. So more or less... It's technically 10 guys, but more or less, it was an eight-man rotation. And a lot of y'all have asked me as I put out a call for questions, is this the norm going forward? So I'm here to give you my thoughts on that because we did not see Jordan Hawkins in this one, and Dyson played very few minutes after being a fixture in the rotation. So a couple of things here. One, no. I think they were treating this like a playoff game where you shorten your rotation, but I don't think you're going to see... Willie Green more or less run an eight-man rotation consistently right now. This is a team that is injury-prone, deals with injuries constantly, running guys into the ground. Like, you're not going to play Brandon Ingram 40 minutes every single night. You're going to need to give those minutes to other players. They're also definitely still experimenting with things. You could see that with the way they use small ball lineups, having Herb Jones cover the center, and can you always do that? I'm not sure. You also don't have a healthy Larry Nance Jr. who has been a fixture of the rotation under Willie Green. I do think he has struggled this year and parts of last year too. And you could definitely make the claim that he needs fewer minutes until he gets fully healthy. 
But we'll see when he comes back if he's going to step right back into the rotation. And frankly, I would expect so. Maybe over Cody Zeller as the Pelicans like to run him as a small ball five. So I don't think this is going to be the regular rotation. Maybe for a playoff series, but I also think Larry Nance Jr. would be getting minutes. It could be good or bad, depending. You know, I don't think you're going to see it for the regular season. You just need to cycle through more guys just to keep guys rested and healthy and not pushing themselves too hard because you don't want to risk an injury. But why those guys, right? Why Jose Alvarado? Why Trey Murphy? Why Najee Marshall? Why not Jordan Hawkins? Why not Dyson Daniels? And I think when you look at Hawkins and Daniels, it's because they're fairly one-dimensional players right now. Hawkins is a shooter. But with Trey Murphy back, with CJ McCollum back, I think the team feels they have enough shooting right now and you don't need to play Hawkins as much. Disappointing slightly, but that's because he doesn't, he's, he's hurting them defensively. He has not been good defensively for the most part this year. There's moments when he's been average, I think, but in general has not been good defensively. And that's something that matters to head coach Willie Green. If you can't play defense, he's not going to give you minutes, right? It's why he started Herb Jones in Herb's second or third game of his career, and Herb hasn't looked back. It's why Jose Alvarado has gotten minutes even when he's not giving you much offense and he's undersized because look at how he basically harassed De'Aaron Fox and the rest of the Kings. And head coach for the Kings, Mike Brown, shouted him out after the game saying he was a difference maker on that defensive side of the ball and brought necessary energy. So he's going to get that spot over a guy like Dyson Daniels is right now, or Hawkins too. You know, Dyson, in a sense, is also one-dimensional. The opposite of Hawkins, though, instead of being an offensive player or a shooter, he's a defensive guy. He's great as a defensive guy, but he doesn't give you offense or the shooting, and you need that particularly if you're not playing Hawkins. If you're not playing Hawkins, can you play Dyson Daniels out there with him or without him? You know, when we broke down the starting lineup, when it was Dyson, Herb, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Valanciunas, right? There was no shooting in that lineup at all. There's no three-point shooting there. They weren't, they hadn't taken one corner three when I recorded that show, if you're an everydayer. That that doesn't work. You need the score and you need the shooting. Dyson doesn't give you that. So he goes from being a starter to basically getting one stint, about six, seven minutes, and that's it. That's because you have to be able to hit shots or space the court or make teams pay when they double Zion or BI, and he's just not doing that. So that's why those guys didn't play, I think. You know, this is why when when I see people say, like, we are so deep, we're the deepest team in the league. No, they're not, because these guys aren't getting minutes right now because they would have been a liability out there on the court. And if you played Hawkins, you might lose this game. If you played Dyson more, you might lose this game. I know everyone is is kind of chuffed about how Matt Ryan played to start the year, but he's on a two-way deal for a reason and wasn't wanted on any roster and did get minutes and have chances in the NBA with multiple teams last season. I don't know if that's a guy that you can rely on. Also, his defense has been bad. So I don't think this team is as deep as people think. I don't think you're going to have any of these five guys, you know, a bench unit start on other teams. I think they work around the stars well. But when you fill that need with Trey, with CJ and kind of build it in other ways, you don't need some of these guys till they develop more. Hawkins will come along. He will be a good defender. He will contribute in other ways. He does. Same for Dyson. If his shot ever stops falling, his name will be called at a certain point in time. And if he's hitting his shots along with the defense that he gives this team, he will become a fixture in the rotation. But I do think they were just looking at this as a playoff game. And so you're not going to run your normal rotation in an elimination game, in a game that you have to win. 
you know, it's a little bit bold by Willie Green to differ so much. We saw him do this last year against the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playing tournament game where the first sub off the bench was Kyra Lewis Jr. after a month of not playing, basically. Didn't work out. Spoiler alert. So for him to kind of have the right feel this game and get the right rotation, you've got to give him a lot of credit for. But I don't think this will be the normal rotation going forward. Maybe in a playoff series, but I still think you're probably going to go with a guy like Larry Nance Jr. or even play Dyson more because of the defensive versatility that he could give you, especially if he's going to hit some shots. But getting your shooters back does probably allow him to play Dyson a little bit more too. But also running eight guys on a team that's injury prone. No, save some of these guys' bodies, save some of their minutes, and let's not get them hurt or anything like that. Okay, coming up next, I have heard what Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith and Shaq, I believe, said on TNT after the game talking about Zion Williamson. I have some thoughts, both good and bad on that. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Game Time. I actually like, literally just used Game Time to buy some tickets because buying tickets can be frustrating. You're not sure if your seats are going to be good. You know, are you getting the best price? Should you wait to buy tickets? Should you buy them now? You know, or is it just going to like double the price when you have to go to purchase and they're in your cart and you're checking out because of like fees and stuff like that? Don't need to worry about really any of that with Game Time. You get to view your seat before you buy. They show you an all-in price up front. And with the game time guarantee, it means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. We go to the Saints-Rams game in LA, and I'll just buy the tickets now knowing that if they drop in price, I get credited a difference. That's great. I don't need to worry about trying to time this maybe the day before or something like that. Just buy the seats that I want right now. Don't stress about it whatsoever. I'm going to get the best price no matter what. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download GameTime today, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. Tell a friend about the show. This team's fun. We're going to have an awesome show tomorrow. Will Guillory of The Athletic, he's been making regular appearances here on Locked On. He's been great. He's gotten some like tremendous insight and I don't doubt that he's going to bring more tremendous insight tomorrow so it's not it's a show you don't want to miss so make sure you are subscribed tell your friends to listen to the Thursday show to get set for the Thursday night semifinal game in Vegas still don't know who the Pelicans are playing right now well let's let's see if I can pull up NBA we'll do this in the moment here this is kind of pointless because I'm okay. You've got the Lakers up 12 at halftime. That's not a surprise. The Phoenix Suns are still building chemistry and probably don't need that in this game right now. So let's talk about Zion Williamson. After the game, you had Charles Barkley, Chuck, talking about him saying he just doesn't try hard enough. Kenny, Kenny the Jet Smith agreed with that. Shaq also basically agreed with that. More or less what it boiled down to was they said he plays off of just pure talent, not effort. Okay. And that, you know, he's not sprinting. They said they should have a sprint counter up there. And, you know, the first time he sprints would be one. I think this is a little extreme here. 
on what they're saying. But I do think there is some truth to it. I wouldn't necessarily say this was like the fairest take, especially because Charles Barkley also said he hasn't watched a full Pelicans game this season. Something was off with Zion in this game. Something was absolutely off with Zion Williamson in this game. Don't know what it was. Couldn't exactly tell you, but he looked timid. He just didn't look like he was as into the game as much as he could be, as much as we've seen him before. Maybe that was some of the Kings game plan to kind of scheme him out, certainly, which they were doing. And it just takes him out of rhythm and he gets a little bit frustrated from that. But you've got to kind of work through all of that. But I don't think he, you know, they said he's not in shape yet. I don't know if that's true. Like, he looks pretty good. You know, since he had those comments, since the team meeting a couple of weeks ago, he's elevated his level of play and has been playing very, very good basketball since then. You know, they're winning games. I, I, I don't know if this is something to complain too much about, right? Notice I'm not complaining about Brandon Ingram taking some mid-range shots in the game the other night because it worked and they needed him to do that. Sometimes when you're winning, that's the most important thing. Should he try harder over the course of a game? Yes. Should he complain less to refs? Like, yes, of course. You'd like to see him get back on defense a little bit quicker, right? Sometimes hustle down the court a little bit faster. Try harder for rebounds, even though I think people forget on the defensive glass, he's undersized. And so sometimes struggles with that a little bit too. So yeah, certainly there's room for improvement with Zion Williamson. But I do think this whole argument kind of falls apart when they're like, oh yeah, we don't watch Pell's games, Right? Against the Chicago Bulls, he was great, and he was playing on the second night of a back-to-back, the first time he's done that this season. He didn't look out of shape in that game at all. He looked really good. So I don't know if this criticism like fully, fully holds up with Zion Williamson. You know, has he always been a consummate professional? No. That's been the biggest knock on him basically his whole career, right? You know, he says he's dedicated to the game. Sure. Or is he dedicated to being an NBA player and everything that comes with that? I think that's a valid question to ask at times, at times not. But he certainly was putting in the work this offseason. You know, we, we had the Brett Martel tweet from earlier in the summer when he was like pushing a sled and doing sprints in the heat, at, you know, on the side of Saints practice. And what, it was like 115 degrees basically every day on top of the insane humidity we had here in New Orleans in South Louisiana for like a two-month stretch, especially when it wouldn't rain, it was brutal. Yeah, he was doing all of that. Like, he is definitely more committed than he's ever been before. So when I hear these comments and they go, no, we don't watch games. Well, you should watch the Bulls game then and tell me what you thought about him because I thought he was really good and it's a shame the Pelicans didn't win that one. That's not to say that Zion is perfect and can do no wrong. That's not true at all. He's done plenty wrong. We've talked a lot about that here on Locked On Pelicans if you've been listening for a long time. So hopefully this will get sorted out and at the end of the season he's just playing. But also there's probably some sort of like self-preservation in this too. You know, if you're if you're going sprinting like crazy every game, like does he is he at risk of an injury? You know, pulling a hamstring again, something like that. We don't want to see that if it's going to keep him out of games. And if he's going to play like this and they're going to be winning, that's ultimately, I think, the most important thing here. The way he plays works and is conducive to winning. Could it be better? Yeah, of course. But it's not like you need him to completely overall his game or anything like that. It's just try a little bit harder. He can do that. But also, the talent is winning out. And that's the most important thing, winning games. That's what the Pelicans have been doing as of late. They look pretty good during all of this right now 12 and 10 which 
you just love to see. And they have a chance to either beat the Lakers looking like Lakers right now or Suns coming up on Thursday. We'll see. We have a good preview for that tomorrow. Pelicans have one advantage of a rest day there, taking on whichever team wins tonight when I'm recording the show. We'll have Will Guillory on with me tomorrow of The Athletic to preview that, to talk about this team recently, what the Pelicans can do going forward. So I'm excited about that one. Be sure to tune in to tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans because that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Become an everydayer. If you're an everydayer, let me know in the comments down below or tell me in person when you see me. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all tomorrow alongside Will.